Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the I'm Just Saying podcast. This is your host, Jared Dawkins here. I hope all of you out there in the world are taking good care of yourselves and being safe during this pandemic. And I hope all of you out there are making good, smart, careful decisions. But with that being said, man, breaking news, breaking news, breaking news, breaking news. If some of you out there have not already heard, Kevin Durant is has requested has officially requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. And according to Woj, Adrian Wojnarowski, Kevin Durant's preferred destinations are either the Phoenix Suns or the Miami Heat. Y'all know how much of a Heat fan I am. I have not denied that. I I I fully embrace that I am acknowledging to all of you who are listening that I am a Miami Heat fan, but I'm going to just be real with y'all right now, okay? A lot of y'all may not like to hear this, but damn it, I'm going to say it. If we, if my Miami Heat pull off getting Kevin Durant, oh my goodness, I'm going to lose my mind, okay? If we pull off getting Kevin Durant, I will be very, very excited. Now, at the end of the day, Bottom line is this. I'm going to give you guys my reason as to why I believe Kevin Durant requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. And and then after that, I'm going to tell you guys why I believe Kyrie Irving no longer has control over where he goes for the remainder of of his time that he is in Brooklyn because of the fact that he opted into his contract. First, let's start off with Kevin Durant and the breaking news that he has requested a trade from from the Brooklyn Nets. I believe Kevin Durant requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets for these three reasons. Number one, I think the number one reason, and then there are factors behind those reasons, and then there's factors behind that reason. I believe the reason why Kevin Durant requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets, number one reason, Kyrie Irving. And why do I say Kyrie Irving? I say that Kevin Durant requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets because of Kyrie Irving, but also because of these factors that have to do with Kyrie Irving. Okay, number one, Kyrie Irving's stance on stance on on social justice. Number two, and when and when I say Kyrie Irving's stance on social justice, I mean Kyrie Irving not being available because he wanted to take time off. Because of those issues, because of the social justice issues, issues. That's what I mean. Factor number two, his vaccination status and him not showing and him not getting vaccinated. Therefore, he didn't play the amount of games that I'm pretty sure Kevin Durant would have wanted him to play. Now, I'm pretty sure Katie respected Kyrie's decision not to get vaccinated, but Kyrie Irving's decision not to get vaccinated affected his affected Kyrie's ability to be on the court and to play. And number three, obviously, Kyrie Irving's injury history. So when you factor in that Kyrie, that Kevin Durant wanted to, that Kevin Durant wants out, you factor in the fact that Kevin Durant wants out, I'm pretty sure, because of Kyrie Irving. And then you factor in the reasons as to why Kyrie Irving did not play as much as, prob- as Kevin Durant probably wanted him to play. Those are the reasons why Kevin Durant wants out. Kevin Durant simply wants out because of Kyrie Irving's selfishness, 
and Kyrie Irving's decision making as far as not wanting not wanting to play as many games as Kevin Durant probably thought Kyrie Irving was going to play. Which brings me to Kyrie Irving and him opting into his con- and, and him opting into the last year of his contract with Brooklyn. From now, from the moment Kyrie Irving opted into that contract, up until the trade deadline in 2023, next year, the Brooklyn Nets now have control over Kyrie and where he goes from here on out. Kyrie Irving could have simply opted out of his contract, could have been a free agent, and he could have gone wherever he wanted to go. But the fact that he opted into this contract he opted into the last year of his contract. You know, honestly, you know why I honestly think Kyrie Irving opted into his contract? Honestly, one of the reasons why I think he opted into his contract, and I've heard a lot of other people say this. I've heard Rick Bucher say it. I've heard Chris Broussard say it. And I agree with them on this, that Kyrie opted into his contract because he had no other choice. That part I agree with. The other part that I think, the other reason why I think Kyrie opted into his contract is because I think he thought that Kevin Durant was going, that Kevin Durant was going to end up staying in Brooklyn too. And I think the fact that Kevin Durant, I think the fact that Kyrie thought that Kevin Durant would stay in Brooklyn with with him, I think that's the reason why Kyrie opted into opted into that last year of his contract. And now, and now the fact that Kevin Durant wants out of Brooklyn, and I've been saying this for the longest time now, I've been saying that I think Brooklyn is going to trade Kyrie, and if Kyrie ends up leaving, then Kevin Durant's going to end up leaving too. I think now that Kevin Durant has requested a trade from Brooklyn, the fact that Kyrie opted opted into opted into the last year of his contract, I think that Kyrie now looks at this situation and thinks to himself, damn, you know what? I opted in because I thought KD would stay too. Now KD leaving. Let me try let me try to see if I can get a trade. Let me see if I can try to request a trade from from the Brooklyn Nets again. But here's the thing. I don't here's the thing. Brooklyn is probably not gonna Brooklyn's probably not gonna trade him now. But if they do trade him, Brooklyn's is Brooklyn's not going to trade Kyrie to where he wants to go. They're going to trade Brooklyn's going to trade Kyrie to where they feel they can get the best get the get the best package and the most back for him. So again, that's something to think about. Kevin Durant is getting out of Brooklyn because he's tired of Kyrie's selfishness. He's tired of Kyrie's unavailability, and he's tired of Kyrie not being reliable. And Kyrie opted in to his contract with Brooklyn because he thought, and Kyrie probably, and Kyrie will probably never say this publicly, but I guarantee you this is what he's probably thinking privately. He opted into his contract because he thought, okay, I'm opting in. KD going to stay too. Nah. Mm-mm. Nope. 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 And that's where this whole situation is now with the Brooklyn Nets. That's where this situation is now. KD wants out, and I think KD wants out because of Kyrie's selfishness 
his unavailability, his unavailability, and his and his and his unreliability. And I think that Kyrie opted in because he thought Kevin because he thought Kevin Durant was going to ultimately stay. And now you have this situation where now Kevin Durant simply just wants out of Brooklyn. And now Kyrie is probably going to end up wanting out of Brooklyn now too because Kevin Durant is leaving. Kind of kind of a domino effect, but in a weird, weird way. Next up, I want to talk about James Harden. And now we all know James Harden has opted out of his contract with the Philadelphia 76ers. And that is a good thing for James Harden, but it's also a really, really good thing for the Philadelphia 76ers. And here's why. It's good for a few reasons. Number one, it gives the Philadelphia 76ers, James Harden opting out of his contract with, with, the, with the Sixers, eventually gives the Sixers the ability to what? Have more salary cap flexibility to go out and to possibly get a what? A Bradley Beal. Or you never know. Philadelphia may be that dark horse team that trades for Kevin Durant. You never, ever know. But it, but that's that's what kept, that's what James Harden opting out of his contract with Philadelphia gives Philly. It gives them a lot of salary cap flexibility, obviously. But then also, you got to factor in this too. James Harden is more than likely probably going to sign a lesser contract, probably for maybe let's just say he signs up a three-year deal worth 98 to $100 million or whatever the case may be. Let's just say that happens. Then that will free up some some salary cap space for, for Philadelphia to do whatever it is that they need to do. But also, I think it frees up even more options for Philadelphia to possibly end up trading a guy like Tobias Harris. And And I was thinking about this too. I was thinking in my head, I'm like, okay, if James Harden opts out of his contract, obviously it frees up more salary cap space for Philly to do what they want to do in free agency. But this also frees up more room. And I was thinking about this earlier before I came on and did and did this show today. It frees up another option for Philadelphia to, like I said before, trade possibly trade Tobias Harris and free up even more salary cap space. Lo and behold, now there's a report out that says that the Philadelphia 76ers are thinking about trading Tobias Harris. And this is what ESPN's Brian Windhorst said about Philadelphia possibly trading Tobias Harris. Quote, ESPN's Brian Windhorst reported Thursday on get up that Harris that Tobias Harris's name has popped up a lot in trade talks as the Sixers prepare to wield the financial flexibility expected from Harden's new contract after decline after he declined his forty seven point four million dollar option next season. So, like I said before, I was thinking about 
James Harden and James Harden and him opting out of his contract with Philadelphia and how not only would it free up more salary cap space for Philly as far as their flexibility, but it also would give them another option of, you know what, James is opting out. Let's see if we can try to trade Tobias Harris to free up even more salary cap space. And that's and that's exactly and, and with me thinking that this article confirmed that thought that I had. So it's so Philadelphia so James opting out of this contract is good for Philadelphia. It frees up a lot of salary cap space. So now Philly can go out and make make maybe one more move than they probably thought that they would be able to make in free agency. And it shows it shows as far as James goes, it shows how selfless James is. It shows how much of of less of an ego that he has as far as wanting to put enough around him and Joel Joel Embiid to to possibly to possibly compete for a championship or maybe Maybe, and this is just a thought, just throwing this thought out there, maybe, ultimately, maybe this is just James probably setting up to leave Philadelphia. Do I think he's going to leave Philadelphia? Probably not. Maybe. But this is just a thought. This is just a thought. Could James leave Philadelphia? Yes. Do I think he's going to leave? No. But I'm just saying that I think this is good for James because it shows how selfless and it shows how much he really wants to win because he's giving Philadelphia the ability to make one more move than they probably thought they wanted to make in free agency. But coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you guys why the Atlanta Hawks trading for Spurs guard DeJounte Murray is a very, very smart move and why the Dallas Mavericks may have made the right decision in not signing point guard Jalen Brunson long-term. That's coming up. Stay tuned. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. As we all know, one of the big free agency stories that, that has taken place in the NBA thus far is the Atlanta Hawks-San Antonio Spurs trade with DeJounte Murray getting traded from the San Antonio Spurs to the Atlanta Hawks. Here's the official trade and what both teams got back as far as the trade goes. The Atlanta Hawks obviously received DeJounte Murray and Jacques Landale, but the Spurs get back Danilo Gallinari, who's a who's a very well-known stretch four in the league and has been for years and who can shoot the three. But also the Spurs get back a 2023 first-round pick via, via, via Charlotte from the Knicks, which, which is protected, a 2025 First round pick, a 2020 take, a 2026 pick swap between the Hawks and the Spurs, and a 2027 first round pick. First off, I just want to simply say this: Does this move make the Hawks a championship contender? No. Does this make the Hawks a more competitive, a more competitive and better basketball team? Absolutely, it does. But here's what it ultimately does for Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks. And I've used this example, and I've said this now a few times recently. When you look at the Atlanta Hawks, when you look at teams like the Hawks, the Mavericks, and the Heat, you look at all three of these teams and you say to yourself, Trey Young's the star, but it's a bunch of specialists after that. Dallas, Luka's the star, but there's a bunch of specialists after that. The Miami Heat, 
They got Jimmy Butler. He's the star, but it's a bunch of specialists after that. And when you look at the Hawks, that's what they are. That's just simply what the Atlanta Hawks are. And when you get a DeJounte Murray, who's really, really talented, who can give you 23 or 25, maybe even 30 a night if he needs to, when you have that kind of a guy on your roster now, it takes a lot of pressure off of Trey Young to have to stay in the game an extra two or three or four minutes and drop 40 and drop 45 as it pertains to him only having to drop 40. Now, Trey Young can sit on the bench an extra two to three to four minutes. DeJounte Murray can carry the load for that extra three to four to five minutes. And DeJounte can give you 15, 15 to 20 points within that two to three minute span. Maybe even 25 if he's really on fire. And so when Trey Young comes off the bench, Trey Young is so, I don't want to say he's so rested, but he, he he's rested enough and he's energized enough from that break that he took that he can come back off the bench. And with DeJounte Murray dropping 15 to 20 point, 15 to 20, maybe maybe even 23 points in that in that four minute stretch, that five minute stretch. Now Trey Young could come off the bench well rested. And let's say Trey dropped 15 in the first quarter or he dropped 20 points in, or he dropped 20 points in the first half. Trey Young's now rested enough to where if you got Trey Young and DeJounte Murray on the floor at the same time, Trey Young's well rested. Trey Young can add an extra 10 points to what DeJounte Murray already did, which would make Atlanta even more of a problem. So with DeJounte, he simply brings the ability for Trey Young to not have to carry the load all the time. And also, you got to factor in this too. With Trey Young, and I'm pretty sure Atlanta knew this already, they were just waiting for the right time to do it. It was just probably bad timing for them to be able to do it. But now that they've capitalized on it, now it's come to fruition for them. Last year, I can almost guarantee you this. At some point last year, Trey Young just simply got tired of carrying the load by himself and and having to drop 30, 35, 40, 45 points a game. I'm pretty sure he had no problem doing it because he's that damn good. But I just feel like I'm pretty sure it got to a point with him where he just simply got tired of simply being the only consistent scorer score on that roster. And I'm and I'm pretty sure Atlanta realized that, which is why I'm pretty sure Atlanta probably tried to make tried to make a move or two last year that nobody knows about. And it and it was pro- and it was probably just bad timing on their part. But now this year, same thing. Trey Young's tired of carrying the load. I'm pretty sure at the trade deadline, Atlanta tried to make a move that that nobody probably even thought of that nobody probably even thought that 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 they would make. But they tried, but they but I'm pretty sure they tried to make a move behind the scenes that nobody saw coming, but they just weren't able to pull it off. But now, with them having DeJounte Murray in the mix, they were able to make the right move that fit what they wanted to do for their roster offensively 
And they were able to make that move at the right time. And it was perfect timing for them. It was perfect timing for Trey Young. And it was perfect time for DeJounte Murray. So all in all, like I said before, does this make the Atlanta Hawks a championship contender? No. And anybody in Atlanta that actually think that, y'all delusional as hell. But does this make them a more competitive team and a better team? Yes, it absolutely does. Absolutely does. But next up, I want to talk about Jalen Brunson and the Dallas Mavericks. And as we all know, Jalen Brunson is said to be a free agent. And according to reports, the New York Knicks are the main, and just simply put, they are the main flat out, just just straight up destination for Jalen Brunson. In free agency, Jalen Brunson to the New York Knicks, that's what's out there right now. And the New York Knicks want to offer Jalen Brunson a four-year, $110 million contract. Here's why that move, here's why Dallas not paying Jalen Brunson that kind of money is the right move and it makes a lot of sense. As we all know, in sports, no matter the sport that you play, basketball or football, you show your worth and you show how good you really are and how capable you are of being important to a franchise. You show that in the playoffs. You make your money. Yes, you can make your money in the regular season too. But in the NBA or in the NFL, you make your money in the postseason. You get the big-time contract come come January to February for the NFL or from April to June in the NBA. And there have been examples over the years in sports, no matter the sport, where one guy has played very, very well in a spot or, 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 in, or in a game, and teams have offered him big time, have offered him a big time contract, and after that, it just flopped. Prime example: the early '90s. The Green Bay Packers played the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl with Brett Favre going up against Drew Bledsoe. Desmond Howard won Super Bowl MVP. What happened? That offseason, Desmond Howard ended up getting a big-time contract from the then Oakland Raiders, and it flopped. It absolutely flopped. Desmond Howard gets a big-time contract from the Raiders after being Super Bowl MVP. It flopped. Larry Brown former cornerback of the Dallas Cowboys, picked off two passes in the Super Bowl against the Pittsburgh Steelers. What happened? The Raiders, once again, offered Larry Brown a big-time contract just for that one big game, just for that one big moment. Raiders offered Larry Brown a contract. He flopped. He flopped after that. Fast forward. The 2018 NBA playoffs with the Boston Celtics. Terry Rozier probably plays the best basketball you will ever see. You will ever see for a guy coming off the bench. He played really, really well during that playoff run with the Celtics. After the season ended, the Charlotte Hornets offered him a big-time contract. I think it was like four years over $100 million. And since then, Terry Rozier has not played well at all, and he has flopped. And it would not surprise me if Charlotte ends up trading Terry Rozier down the line, 
Just throwing that thought out there. But I'm just giving you guys a couple of examples as far as players playing well for a certain period of time in the playoffs and then them getting big contracts from other teams who really either aren't that good and are just desperate for a big name. So they go and they just give out a big-time contract and they think that it's going to work with that player like it, and they think that it's going to work with that player for their team like it worked for that player with the with the team that he was originally on. And as far as Dallas goes, Dallas letting Jalen Brunson go, I think that it's smart because it frees up Dallas's ability to possibly bring in a Bradley Beal or whatever the case may be, or it frees up more salary cap space for them to possibly make a trade for a Kevin Durant. I'm just spitballing. I'm not saying KD's going to go to Dallas. I'm just, I'm just explaining to you guys why Dallas not paying Jalen Brunson is a smart move. It just frees up salary cap space for Dallas to be, go, to be able to go and make a big-time move while Jalen Brunson can go and get paid somewhere else, he can get his big-time money. He can get it from the Knicks. The Knicks can feel, I guess, somewhat good about themselves that they made a big move, even though, no disrespect, Jalen Brunson, them signing Jalen Brunson is really not that big of a move. It kind of just shows desperation on the Knicks' part. But I digress. But coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. It's going to be time for me to leave you with something to think about. Stay tuned. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. You know what time it is. It's time for me to leave you with something to think about. As I talked about earlier on in the show with the breaking news that Kevin Durant has requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets and his preferred destinations are either the Phoenix Suns or the Miami Heat, Damian Lillard put out an Instagram story a few days ago that that had that had him and Kevin Durant in Portland Trailblazers jerseys. Kevin Durant obviously was photoshopped, but now my question is this. Just throwing this question out there. Something y'all might need to think about. Did Kevin Durant possibly tell Damian Lillard? Again, this is just me just spitballing this this idea. Did Kevin Durant possibly tell Damian Lillard that he was going to eventually request a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. And that's why Damian Lillard put out that Instagram story of him possibly teaming up with Kevin Durant in Portland. Or did or somehow, some way, did Damian Lillard find out about Kevin Durant ultimately wanting to request a trade and then Damian Lillard put out that put out that Instagram story with him and KD in, in a Portland Trailblazers jersey. I'm just throwing that thought out there. I'm not saying I don't have sources on that, but I'm just putting two and two together, just throwing that thought out there. But my question to you guys is this. Since Kevin Durant has requested a trade, my question to you guys is this. What team do you think Kevin Durant will end up on via trade before the 2022-2023 season begins. Does he end up in Phoenix? 
Does he end up with the Miami Heat? Does he end up with a dark horse team that nobody knows? Does he end up in Portland with Damian Lillard? Does he end up in Dallas with Luka? What team do you think, what team do you guys think Kevin Durant will end up on via trade before the 2022-2023 season? I would love to know the answer to that question from you guys. I really, really would love to know that. But thank you for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the I'm Just Saying podcast. I am your host, Jared Dawkins. If you would like to send me your answers to that question, you can send them to me via email, via email, excuse me, at jdawkins24 at yahoo.com. Or you can you can you can follow me on Instagram at quietsoul24, Q-U-I-E-T-S-O-U-L 24. You can DM me your answers or you can follow me on Facebook at Jared Dawkins, J-A-R-E-D Dawkins, D-A-W-K-I-N-S. Or you can or you can answer that question in the questionnaires box that I'm going to put up after the show. But thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate you all. I can't wait to see how this Kevin Durant thing turns out. And as I'm sure a lot of you out there can't. Thank you all for listening. I'm out. Peace.